It's Thursday, Thursday, Thursday! Prepare to have your minds annihilated as Patreon proudly presents the Creators Collective Podcast, featuring the Breaker of Boards, James Wright, the Melder of the Metal, Zach Herber Holt. And the leveler of lumber, William Walker. The first five live listeners will get the free special bonus of having their questions answered on air. Now on with the mayhem. And we're back for another exciting episode of the Creators Collective. We're going to have an exceptionally boring week this week. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And have a little bit of fun here with uh, your hosts, uh, Zach Herberholst, William Walker, and James Wright. And hopefully we'll have a guest appearance by Zach's dogs here eventually. But uh, if you want to uh, join us live, we do record each Thursday at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Except for this next week, we will probably be recording Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. So if you want to join us live, um, we'll be switching that up because I'm going to be out of here. Um, so if you do want to have your questions answered, we do pull most of our questions from the, uh, the live chat and we like having kind of a background party going on. You can kind of share the enjoyment of the, the live fun on uh, wood by, uh, not wood by right. Uh, creators collective YouTube channel. If you want to go to wood by right, you can do that too. But. Shameless plug by James. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say a huge thank you to our patrons, uh, especially Darren mates, Caleb Harris of You Can Make This Too, and John from John Made It. And then I do want to say a special thank you to John Daugherty. Daugherty? Doherty. 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 Um, yeah. You are our newest patron, so thank you for that. If you'd like to help out with that and get your name mentioned on air, you can go to patron, patreon.com backslash creators collective. And if, if you want me to mention it, it's going to cost you five bucks. It's a five dollar <laughs> pledge. <laughs> Will, actually, it looks like it's fifty. Yeah, yeah. Ten. <laughs> uh, it looks like it's Josh Daughtry, by the Daughtry. way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I know Josh like pretty well. I apparently I just don't know how to print his last name. I know everyone by their uh, their user icon, and, yeah. and then when the user icon switches from platform to platform, I'm like, who are you? <laughs> and and uh, Derek, handcrafted by Ons, in the live chat, we actually went out and had had beers yesterday. Oh, That's cool. cool. Nice. Say so sorry like... for butchering his name last time. Derek <laughs> Anus. Yeah. That's right. Um, <laughs> cool. Yeah, no, it's funny talking about the uh, icons and recognizing people. We had that meetup a couple weekends ago, and we're all standing around in this brewery, and people were coming up to me, and, and they're like, "Hey, are you?" I said, "Yeah." And then I said, "Are you like we should just walk around with, like our logos, like <laughs> tags?" Oh like, yeah. Oh hey, what's that's up? A good yeah. idea. Yeah. yeah, that's why I usually wear my my. Uh, like at those things that my shirt. Yeah. Anywho. Well, yeah. let's, uh, let's get into what we've been working on. Uh, Zach, let's put you on the hot seat. Fine. I guess I'll put my phone down and pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually trying to share something on my, my Instagram. So makes sense here in a bit. Um, so I, I finally put a new video out this week. It's been two months since Wait, I put out you a make video. videos. Yeah. Believe it or uh-huh. not. Well, it's kind of coming off of my, uh, my, I guess a two month hiatus of, you know, putting out videos which is really nice. I just kind of felt like I needed a, a little vacation from editing videos and having a camera up in my face all the time. So um, yeah, it was, it was a nice break. I spent most of the, most of that time doing, um, you know, making stuff and just selling it on Instagram, which was actually a lot of fun. Probably going <laughs> to do more of that in the future. Um, but uh, yeah, I put out the, uh, I got a new anvil a while back and built a new stand for it and uh, wrote some new songs and put those in the video. So it's uh it was a lot of fun. I'm getting a lot of positive. It's 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 kind of 
so I started like really up in the the production quality on my and it's a slippery slope because once you start like noticing things, you can't stop not noticing balance and all these little tiny details. Like one of your clips will be like just a hair bit different. Like the you recorded it like five minutes later, so the you know the lighting is a bit different. And trying, I mean, I think I'm spending probably three times. Anywho, that's what I've been up to. Yeah, yeah, man. The more you know, the more the harsher critic you are of yourself. It's it's there's some I can't even I, I wish I would have paid more attention. That's kind of the story of my life. But um there's some like psychological thing to where people who aren't experienced in a field overestimate their abilities and people who are experienced in the field underestimate their abilities. Or they underestimate yeah. like the easiness. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, I mean, people that know what they're doing know how much work goes into what they're doing, and they underestimate how diff. Or they, I'm gonna screw myself up. You guys get the point, though, right? <laughs> so I do that for our video shoots because I have a, a videographer that comes over now, and so we'll bunch together a whole bunch of woodworking tasks in the day. So I schedule everything out, and now I like I'll, I'll schedule something to take 45 minutes, and it ends up taking a half an hour. And you keep piling those up, and we get done like three hours early. It's like, what, what happened? Oh, well, I just was assuming that there'd be problems along the way and I was planning for them and no problems came up. And Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, see, I'm the other way around. I plan for everything going wrong and then I plan for that those things going wrong to take up more time and then I still go over my time. <laughs> so <laughs> even with mistakes, it's going to take this long and then, I, and then it ends up, you know, that something happens or I can't find a tool or something breaks or, and I don't have a replacement and like, Oh, I forgot this one thing. And, and everything think, takes longer. Handcrafted like, by on says, isn't this whole theory uh, also known as Keller theory? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. On that yeah, note, think, what you got going on? Oh man. I haven't gotten much shop time this week. Uh, I have been back outside space project pool cantina being a contractor project um so this week i've been moving a lot of gravel um getting ready for a really big concrete pour so my concrete guy has been over and we've been forming stuff up uh just moving buckets and buckets and buckets of front end loader loads on my tractor and then uh tuesday i blew a tire on the tractor and that was a whole thing. Um, the tire was supposed to come in the next day, but then the, the tire shop that ordered it ordered it wrong, and it never showed up. And so I had to drive over to the next county where it's more rural, where there are more farmers, to find one that was kept in stock. And then I didn't get back in the shop until like 2 p.m. yesterday. Um, but I have been uh, – the little time that I do have – uh, that I have been spending in the shop, I've been fooling around with knife making. I got some uh, 1075 carbon steel from Admiral Steels as per Zach's recommendation. Um, and I've just been playing around. I made a, a petty knife uh, blank that I posted to Instagram. Um, and I just heat treated it and tempered it yesterday. And I will try to put an edge on it today um, and make some knife scales and things like that. Um, been having a lot of fun with that, doing all freehand grinds, trying to, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I don't want to say frustrated, but I'm like the fact that you jumped right into freehand grinds and they look <laughs> that good kind of, kind of irks me a bit because I, have done like, 
took me like a month of like grinding like a knife every day to get to that point and yeah it's, it's not cool man that's i'm sorry man that's you know like i put my mind to something and you know i watched a lot of people i feel like it's kind of like turning um where i refused to start with carbides i wanted to learn traditional tools um and how to put you know the the proper bevels on traditional tools which you know the learning curve is super steep but because i did that um i just like turning with traditional tools way more now because i'm like somewhat decent at it uh i feel like i did the same thing with knife grinding where i could use a jig and i you know could have ordered ordered some things or made made a shop jig but i was like well like let's just play around some mild steel and see what happens freehand and then i got some actual you know carbon steel and i was like well let's just you know take an eight inch or nine inch section and and see if i can you know start with a blank of steel and make a knife and uh and it went surprisingly well i was, I was really pretty impressed with with myself not to sound douchey it looked but... sharp too <laughs> oh hey oh yeah uh so how i'm curious because I, I never i never thought about it but how are you uh how are you getting your knives up to like quenching temperature so i made so this one was still pretty small um so i experimented yesterday um i've got some like two by two by random length uh, uh scrap um which i know is a pretty like specific material and it's not readily available everywhere but i happen to live not very far from one of like the only soapstone quarries in the u.s um and so they used to make uh uh, 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 oh, I'm totally <laughs> blanking. Um, so stoves, uh, you know what pot I'm talking about? Stove? Yeah, like a potbelly stove um, that you keep in your basement or something to heat the whole house. Um, they make they used to make those out of soapstone, and so I thought, well, why couldn't I, uh, you know, experiment with that? And you know, there's lots of air gaps, and it's kind of a square hole, so I just have them like stacked as blocks um, with a small hole in the middle. Uh, where I stick my map gas torch and it's not super efficient because it's not a cylinder on the inside. So there's no Venturi effect or anything like that. But um, yeah, it got, I don't get it hot it got, enough. huh? It, it got it hot, got this one knife hot enough, but it was spotty. Like it was hard to keep, like I had to move the knife around a lot to make sure it was heated evenly through to the right, you know, the right temperature, the right color and testing it with a magnet and like getting in the quench before it would cool down. And it definitely wasn't the most efficient, but it got the job done. Mick um, Brooklyn has the most efficient, efficient method in the live chat. He just posted, I get mine hot <laughs> by just having my wife, my ex-wife stare at them. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it wasn't totally efficient, but it's, um, so what's, what's next on your list then? How are you going to, you got to, you got to remedy this. You have. Yeah, I might make, I might, make a soup can forge in the interim um i might try to find an actual forge i might buy johnny brooks forge i'm not sure you should buy uh, johnny brooks forge i have the same one yeah it depends how much he wants for it yeah. uh i know how much he paid for it how much did he pay for it i'm not well that's not helpful at all <laughs> uh oh and the other thing the other thing is uh a company just sent me a 3d printer Ooh. uh yeah, they they reached out and said, "Hey, um, we love your channel. Do you want a 3D printer?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll give it a shot." And then I was thinking about like ways a woodworker, metalworker could use a 3D printer, and I started coming up with all kinds of cool ideas. 
And uh, so I just got that set up last night. And it's a pretty big one, too. Um, it's like the print bed space is 300 mil by 300 mil by 400 millimeters. That's like 12 by 12 by 16. So I've wanted to do 3D printed bow ties or like a, a plastic river table. Yeah, uh-huh. That'd be cool. Uh, I thought about the bow ties this morning, actually, because you can actually get like bronze-infused PLA uh-huh. filament, um, which I was looking into, but it's like just bronze powder that's mixed into the filament, so you can't actually like polish it like you would bronze. But I'm hoping in the near future that somebody will come out with a you know good substitute. Well, they do have metal printers, but those are a different beast. Yeah, and this company didn't send me a metal printer, so... <laughs> <laughs> cool. So there's that. Buy a chunk of bronze. And, you know, got it. Yeah, I could. Not um, not the obvious solution to the problem of bronze. No, just pick one instead. You know. Uh, no, uh, yeah. So I don't know. That's I've been I've kind of had a scattered week in the shop and just like very much like oh squirrel and off to the next thing. But um, James, what are you working on, man? Well, I've been um, scheduling traveling all over the world. Um, so if anyone wants to meet up with me, I'm going to be in Portland, Oregon at the Best in the West Tool Show. So if anyone's on the West Coast and they're saying, I can't find tools anywhere, um, it's coming up next weekend. And it is that's the Zach's. best place in the West. Every that's... every time, like, yeah, just... <laughs> hey, Zach, do, do you miss the Pacific Northwest? Oh, my God. No, he loves Florida. I feel like I feel like now that I moved here, like everybody I know is like, hey, going to Portland next week. Going to every every week, somebody I know is in Portland. <laughs> I'll send you a picture while I'm there, man. I don't even want to see it. It'll degree. <laughs> for those for those of you new to the show, um, Zach lives in Florida, hates it, uh, wants to move back to the Pacific Northwest. He loves the rain and hates old people. No, I, well, there's different <laughs> kinds of old people. I don't want to say I hate old people. <laughs> and I, kids. I'm, and kids. He hates kids and old people. Maybe kids, but not old people. Um, <laughs> there's like a different... I, I love old people, but like the old people in Florida are all... They're not. They're not normal old people. They're like I don't want, but you know, I, I miss like the, the wise old kind of grumpy old people that just stick to themselves. And you know. aspire to be that old person. I, I do. I want to be that like grumpy old wise person, but not like Get the on. drug, not the drugged out toothless person with no, you know, shirt or the old person <laughs> and like skin flesh eating skin disease everywhere. It's rampant down here. Like everybody has psoriasis. <laughs> Uh, anyway, okay. Well, on that note, have one per podcast. <laughs> Let's wrap that one up. <laughs> All right, sorry, James. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to be. Let's see, Portland next weekend, um, Iowa in September for the Midwest Tool Collectors Meet. Then in October, I'm going to be in Texas at the first tool show down there in Austin. And actually, I'm going to be doing a class teaching dovetail cutting. Um, and so that should be fun. Uh, and then uh, it was in May. I'm going to be in London, and so I've been yes. buying plane tickets here and there and the other place. So it's been kind of a busy time that way. Um, but on the other front, I actually just put out a video on making a, a dovetail chisel, um, a Damascus steel dovetail chisel. And a friend of mine, um, the Burley Woodworks, and he's in uh, in Europe. Um, he made the steel, uh, the the tang, the chisel itself, and then I made the handle. And I absolutely just love how that thing came out. Um, very, very happy with that chisel. That was cool. That I, just, I just What's watched that? that. I just watched that video because it made me want to make a dovetail chisel, which I might do. Yeah, it's a it's a very very delicate chisel. Uh, it's not the thing you pound on. It's 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 a one hand, very careful. 
how thick how thick is the steel that Damascus? Um, the main shank is uh, about three sixteenths by three sixteenths. Okay. All right. Uh, whereas the the head is only about an eighth inch thick, with a with a twenty degree um, bevel angle, about a half inch wide at the end. Okay. So it's a, a very very tiny little. It's designed for getting into the corners of particularly like half line dovetails. And yeah. No, I've definitely. I've needed one, okay. or I've wanted one. I've I've yearned for one while doing half blind dovetails <laughs> in the past. I'm like, man, I wish I had a dovetail chisel right now. But uh, next thing was I did a uh, uh, the next video in the turning saw. Uh, that's a live series that I'm doing. So my my wife and I record one one a week, and we actually are making a turning saw live. So you can see every single step and all the little problems that come along the way. And then when I first tension it up, you'll see when it snaps that I over tension it or something of that nature. So it should be kind of, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's been about my life other than getting ready to go out to Portland next week. Yeah. Cool. Oh, guys... I forgot one thing. Oh, what's that? Before we get on to the next thing, I just forgot since we're talking about finally releasing videos and stuff. Um, I'm finishing up my Walnut twin pedestal dining table build video. It is edited. It is color graded. It is. Uh, I just need to do my 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 narrative, my narration, uh, and then that'll get exported and uploaded. So look for that in the next day or two, maybe today. So I'm curious for your color grade. What what's your what do you do for your color grade? Uh, well, you don't. You aren't gonna like me because you didn't listen to me. But um, <laughs> Premiere Pro's Lumetri uh, Lumetri scopes. Why don't I like you? Because I suggested you get Premiere Pro and you got Final Cut instead. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> um, no, I'm so curious. Like, what what's your like? What's your your? I don't even know the proper words for it. Do you like color? Like shift your tones or your hues to any particular? Um, well, I shoot in. Uh, it's it's not log. It's not S log, but it's similar to S log. Um, my camera can shoot in log, um, but I shoot in a Cine four profile which is like a super flat um profile and then i color grade with lutz um and then i don't do the color shift because i like the 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 look that the lutz give me inside premiere pros lumetri scopes hmm. um and it's so my the my the current uh lut that i like emulates uh fuji reala 500 uh old film old Movie I film? know exactly. What Do you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's what I've been doing. But if I didn't use that, then I would actually shift colors. And uh, for my look, I would probably add blues to the shadows. Um, but that's just me. <laughs> I've been, uh, I kind of like that, like almost like cheesy noir vibe, you know? Yeah. So I, oh, yeah. Like on my my stuff since I've been doing it, I've been uh, I I usually pull down the it it actually works pretty well because I I use a kind of a wide aperture and pretty much only what I'm working on has decent lighting. So I've been like pulling back all of the the uh, like the shadows and stuff, so the background just kind of disappears mm -hmm. and uh, or somewhat, you know, not completely. And then uh, I drop the um, the mid uh, saturation a little bit. And then like shift everything just a little bit blue. It like yeah, it, it makes it feel like I'm 
I hate to say it, but it makes it feel like I'm not filming stuff in like sun washed Florida. It like kind of looks looks dreary and northwesty. <laughs> <laughs> um, just be careful with the shadows. If you drop them too much, YouTube's algorithm absolutely crushes your blacks, and you'll start seeing like weird artifacts in your. Yeah, videos. I don't do it too much. I do it to just where like I mean I don't know what you call it where you can see like it has like the little lines where it shows when you start losing detail. Yeah. And I usually do it to where just like the sections that are completely not relevant to the frame just start to. I don't like, I try not to lose detail in the shadows, but I try and pull it down to where it just kind of, you know, yeah. draws your attention into the center of the, the thing. But yeah, it takes yeah. so much time. So much time. It's crazy. It'd be easier if my shop had like um, consistent lighting. But so That's what I have. No daylight, uh, no windows in here. So everything is constantly the same color. God, that'd be amazing. And it's just it's just one preset. I drag it onto all of them, and then I'll go through them and do a few little detail changes, but I can keep them all That's the color. Like mine, I, I'll have the same shot. Like it won't even I won't it won't even be like a new shot. It'll be you know a thirty second clip. And like if a cloud passes over the sun, it looks like it was shot on a totally different day. And it's like ten seconds later. Like and you can't. I mean, I'm not good enough to to get the correction perfect where you can't tell. Studio and, lighting is fun. Yeah, I just I. When I move and get a shop, I can't wait to just have consistent lighting. <laughs> well, you guys say we hit a couple questions. Yeah, let's do it. Chris Wilcox, um, what is the best way to create a custom stencil to stain a company's logo onto wood and get that clean and get clean lines? You guys ever uh, done that? Gel stain. There you go. That's my, <laughs> that's my answer. It's, uh, uh, it's like stain, but it's more gel-like, so it doesn't uh, bleed as much. But I think it depends a lot on the wood. Obviously, do a test piece first. Um, yeah, it's... it's. Um, What's not... the stencil made out of also? Uh, uh, Is it like a... Like you it also do, like, depends on the wood. I mean, if you're doing it in something that's oak, you know, you're, you're never going to get a stencil that actually fills it because you'll have pores that run. Yeah, but like if you're doing like a, like a laser-cut vinyl or like a, like a vinyl cutter... Yeah, stencil. You know, something that's going to have like really good adhesion to the surface for you to do the stencil and pull back up. I think you're going to have better luck than say like a homemade stencil that I would make out of like chipboard yeah. and you know, an exacto knife. I, th I think um, what I would what I would personally do if I was going to go that route would be to do a vinyl stencil and then after putting the vinyl stencil down, um, apply a coat of uh, pre stain uh, and that will not fill the pores but especially for like a, a blotchy wood like pine or maple uh that you get that that color gradient it stops the stain from soaking in too far in places that absorb it quickly but that will also block up the pores right underneath the stencil so it won't bleed out as much on the sides um, i haven't tried it before but that would be my route i would want to try i would i would test with like i said gel stain yeah first yeah. And, gel, gel I mean, stain that's, that's definitely going to be top. the less um, also something that you could do is if you have the ability to make a negative of the stencil, so say you're doing a letter and, uh, if you can do the negative around the stencil and put the thing down and then like coat that with like a shellac or something, do your finish then, work and then, yeah, it won't soak in through that. Like some essentially do a finish, you know, on the, the negative space and then die, you know, the area that you die. So, you know, yeah. if you do like uh, whatever you do try it out first <laughs> yes yeah, that's, that's the number one whenever you're finishing the best answer is uh, experiment yeah absolutely scrap is your friend cool uh let's see the duck how do you all keep miter joints from moving through a glue up 
or a or a metal or, or a metal zach may, maybe you do this i feel like he just wanted to include me <laughs> uh depends on the miter joint and it depends on the size of the project i actually love using um picture frame clamps uh, to mm -hmm. wrap around um, four corner miters they have a, a little plastic thing that holds the corners together and keeps them from slipping they're a really simple clamp and you can pick them up for like 20 bucks at a big box store they work really well i used one of those for a long time um lately i've found if it's like a picture frame um that you're gonna later uh spline or key um just painter's tape uh on around the outside of the miter works fairly well um just to get the miters close and tight and then i will come back with uh light pressure clamps to uh, on the outside to to make any last little minute adjustments um if it's something like big really big like beveled i guess it would be a beveled corner you know thinking about like a box or something like that where it's not essentially the miter but a bevel is that right james yeah um then well, miter if it's if it, it's, a, it's a corner it's always a miter okay even if it's on like a drawer or a box okay all right um again painter's tape works really well uh then follow up with with clamps um yeah that's what i got but those picture frame uh picture frame band clamps i guess you'd call them do work well i use a welder yeah <laughs> welder and, and tack welds yeah uh no i, I, I need I, to get a wood welder one of these days i i have actually worked with wood before and like back back in the day when i used to do more of it um brad nailer i mean oh yeah yeah I mean, mm -hmm. it, I guess it depends on how, like... Just stay away if you're going to uh, put splines in. Yeah, how fancy, like, depends on how fancy you're trying to go. But, I mean, usually, you know, you can't... Well, especially if you, if you get, like, a wire nailer. Really completely hide them. I mean, if you use the... I can't remember if it's 18 gauge or what I have. Um, you shoot those things in there. And if you want... A lot of the time, depending on the wood, you can't see them. And if you really don't want to see them, uh, you can drive them in just a little bit further and do like a little wood putty over them. The, the holes are so small. What I I've used to use a wire nailer. You actually, rather than shooting nails, it actually has a spool of wire and it fires the wire into there and it's it's invisible. You, you cannot crazy. see. Yeah. Oh, wow. I've never even heard of that. I mean, I've heard, you know, the, there's pin nailers, like 23 gauge pin nailers, but a wire mm -hmm. shooter, huh? Yep. A wire gun. Hmm. Huh. It's not uh, a welder, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it? It looks like, a, like an aluminum spool gun. Uh, but, uh, Oh, also something I've never tried, but always um, wanted to was those um, the pinch dogs, the miter pinch dogs. Oh that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like kind of, it's like a almost it's like a horseshoe shaped thing with um, it's I guess some sort of spring material, um, spring steel, and you kind of open it up over the miter, and then two points dig into the miter and pull the miter closed with with the with the spring action, and then you just you clean up the the dings later but cool let's see we got another question from uh make brooklyn uh what's one change you made to the way you work shoot or edit uh that is the largest impact in your channel's success my youtube channel was way more successful when i didn't put any effort so i have nothing to add <laughs> um yeah i don't know i don't know zach that's that's tough man uh for me, I guess when I focused a lot on my narration um, and just always like my style hasn't really changed that much, but um, just using different 
different uh, soundtracks, um, being a little less hip and more cinematic. Um, I guess when I kind of started, I was using very Casey Neistat-esque tracks um, mm-hmm. and being, you know, kind of like that hip electro jazz, trip hop, whatever you want to call it. And now I'm using more cinematic tracks and focusing more on my narration and my story. Um, that, But really, I'm just trying to better myself and better my style and, and kind of hold myself accountable for, uh, but that's just personal growth and progress. I don't, I don't know. I think that's, that's the thing though. I mean, yeah, I think trying to, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like trying to change things specifically to, yeah. you know, to, I don't think I've ever made a change that has actually impacted my channel for the good. I've made a few changes that have impacted it for the bad, <laughs> yeah. but I, I don't think I've ever made a change that has been, that I can directly point to it and say, this has improved my viewership or my watch. Um, well, with the exception of when I first started doing a dad joke at the beginning of the video, that bumped up my watch rating a little bit. Um, but as the channel has grown, that I think is something that is a little more detrimental now. Um, other than that, all the changes I have made have been for my own enjoyment. I think that's I want to create though. videos I mean, that I want to watch. I don't want to create videos that do well on YouTube. Exactly. And I mean, yeah. I feel like that's, that's what got most of us. That's what, that's how people started doing this in the first place. Like they don't want a job. I mean, yeah. it, this is, this is something that's fun. That, I want to get goosebumps watching the video that I just edited. That's, yeah. that's, that's my yeah. goal. If I get, yeah. if I get like chills watching the video that was just rendered, that's, that's why I know I did a good job. And if I don't have that, then I got to go back and change something. In, uh, yeah. in, in other news, I, uh, I posted my, my Anvil Stan video to Reddit yesterday and they banned me. <laughs> nice. What? Yeah. Wait, who? Wait, Reddit which, for you. Artisan videos. They banned me. Oh, I got banned from, uh, yeah, something like that. And, and I was like, really, but I don't get it's it. It's really taking a dive, man. And I don't even care. I don't even care that much. I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess, I guess, I guess my decision's absolute at this point. But it's so funny that they're like, I understand the idea of like, you know, not wanting solicitation, like a company posting like a video in order to like sell you something. But just the whole premise of like, you can't self promote. But it's okay if I, it's okay if you post my video, Will, but the person who put all the time and work and energy into it. And granted, that, you know, you'd think the spirit of the law is that, okay, this subreddit is about, or any subreddit, you know, the, for instance, like the, something I made subreddit or whatever. Like if the content is is appealing to the people subscribed to that subreddit, wouldn't they want content to fill their subreddit? This has been my whole deal with Reddit ever since I tried it. It was like I didn't understand. It was like the cool kids table on the internet and you were like the new guy that walked into the cafeteria and looked for a place to sit and it was like no, you can't sit here because you don't get it. And it's like, I just, I was like, but uh, this is, this content fits the subreddit. Where right? I, like, like where I just, your viewers, what your viewers are interested in this content, but you won't, you don't want it there because, because I'm the one who did all the work. But if somebody yeah. else posts it, we should have a, okay. we should have a pact. Like I'll post all of Zach's videos. Zach, you can post so all of James's videos. It's like Walmart. I just don't even want to give him my business anymore. Like, yeah, just, no, you know, like just, just let all your content dry up to where everybody's just reposting everybody else's stuff. Like, yeah, it's just, it, it was, it used to be great. I mean, like t- a year or two ago, it was, it was, it was a godsend for maker. It was very positive, completely changed. Um, yeah. I don't spend a whole lot of time over there anymore. Um, yeah. But 
anyway, back to you know what James was talking about with um, you know making it something that you want to watch. I'm the same exact way, and I'm my harshest critic. Like this table video, I would edit, 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 stop for the night, come back the next day, watch it, and go, "This is absolute garbage," and I would start over. And that's why it's taking me so long to put out the video because I'm just like, no, it's absolute garbage. Um, and then this last iteration of the video, I had edited to like one o'clock in the morning and I thought I saved it. And apparently my computer restarted or something or we had a power trip or something. And I came back and I was like, this is not the same version of the video that I did until one o'clock in the morning. And at that point I was like, all right, well, it's that is what it is. I'm just going to edit this again and make it what I think I remember I did. Um, so I've had some, know. I've had some issues with, I use final cut pro, which I'm sure you're a fan of will. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so I've had issues where I've went through and I think this last one, I had like 300 something clips and I went through and I white balanced every one of them. And then I came back the next, and none of the white balance, the white balance doesn't save on thing. Oh, it's fine. yeah. Um, do you do adjustment layers? Can you do adjustment layers in Final Cut Pro? I just go through and I hit the white balance thing and then I find the area that I want to, you know, for my white balance. Because if you say if you had, I don't know. It, just, eight, it doesn't save. I'll come back the next day and it's like. If you had, say, eight clips that were similar lighting conditions, I mean, like looked almost identical, instead of white balancing eight of those clips, you could just do an adjustment layer above all eight of those clips and just do one white balance adjustment. That would be great if I had consistent lighting in my shop, but every 10 seconds it'll like be orange and then it'll be like, depending on like, you know, it's just that my lighting is so inconsistent. Uh, but yes. Yeah. All right. Well, someday. 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 <laughs> all right. Well, what do you say we move on guys? <laughs> cool. Let's do the creator's photo challenge. Cause we haven't yes. done that in a while. Let's do it. Now, this week we are going to be judging uh, the entries for. We'll, we will be judging you. <laughs> and uh, we had, uh, actually, it only had a few this time. It wasn't a huge list, but they were really good ones. Really, really good ones. It was uh, hard. So, we uh, will, why don't you start us off and tell us what you got? Yeah. Um, so, my first one is uh, Thalweg Design, uh, and it was a turned hollow form. It looked like it was out of walnut, and uh, they positioned the hollow form to where it's a beautiful like warm soft light and it's bisecting the hollow form like directly down the middle um and so each side of the hollow form is symmetrical and uh, it just it was just a beautiful beautiful photo and a beautiful piece um so that's my number one um number two was uh i think zach's buddy kj sawdust um and he had a lot of entries actually, but uh, the one that really stood out to me was uh, it was a bird's eye view of some domino joinery in a trestle table base. Uh, and it was just beautiful and symmetrical and well shot. Uh, so those are my two. James, how about, how about you? Uh, my number one was uh, Claw's Creations. Uh, he had this display of planes and axes and uh it, it hand tools just you know they, they pull up my heartstrings and it was really well laid out and, and well organized he actually has a, a series of planes in the middle of the field and then it's framed with four axes running around it and they're they're balanced off to try and be a matching axe with a matching axe and and very similar and i just i something about it that was very warm to me i i enjoyed it um 
The second one then would be uh, KJ Sawdust, uh, the same one you just mentioned with the domino joinery. That was kind of uh, an interesting view. I, I, I had to look at it for a while, figuring out what is this? And then it suddenly clicked. <laughs> it's like, oh, that is cool. I like it. So those are, are my, uh, my two. What about you? Um, so mine is actually my first one goes to our own Will Walker. Woohoo! Yeah. Thanks. It's, uh, it's a good picture. Thanks, man. Yeah. Second one is. Wait, just, can you describe it for the, for our listeners and our viewers? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a marking knife and it has symmetry. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it's just, I don't know. It's uh, There's not really much to describe. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a marking knife. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks, man. <laughs> No problem, man. You can look uh, at the uh, the link in the description if you are not watch, watching live. Yeah, or just go to uh, Instagram and, and search WM Walker Co. That's my handle on Instagram. And my second choice was Keith from KJ Sawdust. It's just a cool picture. That's the uh, the Domino Joinery one. Everybody else shows as well. Well, we have uh, a unanimous unanimous winner. It's true, and I did want to give a shot. I mean, there's there's some good ones there, but uh, yeah. I, I was also a fan of the the Claus Creations one with the planes and the axes. It was a close, it was a close second between. I, I have to shoot a, a shout out to uh, Jonathan Twenty Four. Uh, that was actually pretty pretty sharp with the the Mars landscape. Oh god, <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> Crazy James the Martian. <laughs> so, um, oh, I, thought, I didn't ever click on that. I thought from a distance that it was Shrek. So I think it's my week to uh, to hand one out. So um, let's see who who won it. Oh, KJ Sawdust. Um, I will be getting in contact with you, and you will get a uh, wood by right uh, card scraper in the mail. That guy wins well, everything. Actually, I'll have to contact you and see if you want to wait because I'm out of stock of those at the moment. I cannot keep the card scrapers in stock. And um, the last run he made, there was a slight problem with them. So we're, we're out of stock for a little while. So I might say if you want a t-shirt, we'll see. But, right. uh, and I still owe I still owe last time's winner uh, a marking knife. And I'm, I'm doing it. I'm on it. Um, and I have all your info. It's coming. I just... Like I said, I haven't had much time in the shop lately. So, and whoever I owe something to, send me a message. I totally <laughs> forget, but I have I have shirts in. I have everything you could possibly want. Just let me know, and I'll I'll, I'll get it in. Sweet. Well, uh, let's move on to the joke of the week, and uh, this one it doesn't have as much to do with woodworking, but I, I kind of liked it. Uh, it's it is the perfect dad joke, um, and this is from Andrew McNett. McNett, I believe I, that's McNett. Uh, yeah. It goes like this. Uh, do you know the joke about the stick pony? It was a little horse. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. I'll be that's sure. So I love it. I'll be sure to use that at my next uh, dad gathering. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> So if you have any awesome jokes similar to that one, please let us know to be featured in the Creators Collective podcast. If you think you can do better, try. If you think you can do worse. Yeah. I'm thinking about changing my videos with one. Yeah, I think the goal is for after the punchline for it to just be awkward silence. Like that is what we're going for. Where nobody laughs. We're, we're, Yeah. Yeah, where it's so bad that it's that it's funny. Well, uh, let's look yeah. at uh, what we are watching, reading, and inspiring us. Uh, Will, what you got? 
yeah. So I haven't been spending much time on YouTube lately. Um, like I talked about earlier, I've been busy sweating out in the, you know, getting manual labor done, which has felt awesome. But um, somebody did post in one of the Facebook groups. It was either Southern Woodworkers or I Like to Make Stuff group or Woodworkers on YouTube or one of the one of the many groups I'm a part of on Facebook. Um, and somebody posted this video and tagged me. Uh, it is Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters. Um, and it's kind of a documentary short film slash introduction release of the their new album um, where they talk about this space um, and I guess it's LA uh, where it's uh, a music studio kind of music uh, instruction education that teaches um, you know youth how to not only how to play instruments but play with other musicians play in a band um and it really hit home for me uh because i used to play a lot of music in bands um, in my teenage years um but the thing that was cool was the person who posted it in the facebook group said you know Dave Grohl, this video is awesome. First thing I thought of when I started watching it was how much it was like a William Walker uh, video with the narration and the story. Um, and so I had to click on it. And it ended up being this documentary about the, this uh, introduction to the studio that teaches kids how to play music in a band. But also it showed, um, it's like a 23-minute instrumental jam um, and it's Dave Grohl, and he goes through and he plays every instrument um, from start to beginning, or from start to end, um, throughout the whole 21 or 23-minute song. Um, so he'll go through and he'll play the whole drum track from start to finish, you know, 20 minutes of drums. Then he'll go in and he'll play, you know, rhythm guitar over that. And then he'll go back and play um, a percuss percussion station with marimbas and uh, tambourines. And then he'll go back and he'll play the whole bass line. Then he'll go back and play lead over it. And it was just insane. It was like him doing it, you know, twenty a 20-minute 20 session from start to end with all these instruments just laying the track over. And it was like one of the hardest things he said he's ever done. And it was just, I don't know. It was just a really good watch. So that's, it was really inspirational to me. Sweet. Uh, I know it was a really long explanation of a video, but uh, <laughs> James, what's inspiring you right now? I would have to go with uh, Burley Woodworks. Uh, he is the guy who made the dovetail chisel. Uh, he is, I'm guessing 18 or so from the, from somewhere in England. And in, in Europe, and uh, it's killing me now. I can't remember what what country. Um, but he made the Damascus Damascus steel chisel and a knife, um, and I'll be giving away that knife uh, this week on Saturday, actually. And it, just gorgeous work. But he did it very differently. He actually made it kind of like a herringbone pattern in the steel. You've always seen where they take multiple layers and they'll stack them all up, and then they'll forge weld them together, and they'll twist it or they'll they'll dimple it or they'll do something like that. But rather than just simply stacking it all up, he stacked a few up and then he put a few on top of it at 90 degrees and they put a few beside that at 90 degrees and they put a few below that at 90 degrees. So you have these four sections all 90 degrees to each other inside of a steel square tube and then compressed all that down and forge welded it inside the square tube. Um, a really cool way of doing it uh, and a fantastic design at the end. So definitely worth uh, taking a look at how he made that. If you like wow. Damascus steel in any way. Um, it's it's a very cool video. Can I check that out? 
Um, I'm going to have to go with, uh, Cam Porter from Cammy's garage. If, uh, so, uh, anybody who's been spending a fair amount of time on Instagram has probably seen some of his videos. He has literally gone from like zero subscribers on Instagram to almost 10,000 in the past like month. His videos are super cool. He does these really neat, like ornate wooden sculptures, like a lot of like circular um like mobius strippy crazy just really interesting stuff i mean it hooks you you watch like you see you see the beginning of one of his videos on and, and they're like you know 30 seconds just very very well done it's like the perfect format for instagram uh so he does really cool work it's really fun to watch and he actually just did a, a caricature of me i just that's what i was sharing at the very beginning of uh the podcast i was trying to repost that on my my Instagram timeline. I thought it was, but yeah, I did a little doodle of me, my truck, a uh, sculpture and a guitar in the back. That's but cool. Yeah. That I is mean, cool. Look at it. His videos are incredible. So anybody who's, you know, into woodworking <laughs> and, and awesome videos, I, Holy crap. Right. <laughs> no, the, uh, it's, I don't even know what you call that, but it's like the, I don't know, dodeca Taurus. Like I don't turning. Hold, all right. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I, check them out. That hurts the brain. Okay. Yeah, it's that, it's that very, was a very cool. cool sculpture. Very good to watch. Um, yeah. Well, what Thank you got you. for a favorite tool, Zach? I don't have one yet, so why don't you guys go? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Will? <James. laughs> ah, I got you first. <laughs> Fine. Uh, I'm going to go with the simple Harbor Freight bench brush. Um, let's see. Like three years ago, when I first got started, I was like, "Oh, I need a bench brush." Uh, and so I started looking around and I bought this plastic one from the big box store with the, the cleaning supplies and it just always felt bad to have a plastic brush for wiping sawdust off the bench. And I was walking through Harbor Freight and the one they have is actually wooden. It was like, oh, this is cool. And it actually works well. And I've had it for three years and it's still working great. And it's a tool that I use every day that is kind of overlooked and it's not as not thought to be, you know, the cool thing like the dovetail chisel, but it's a it's a great useful tool that everyone should have in their shop, and it's dirt cheap at Harbor Freight. We should start like a, a Harbor Freight list of like the you know the things worth buying at Harbor Freight. Yeah, like the gems of Harbor Freight. You know things that are perfectly serviceable. From Harbor Freight. In the rough, a Harbor Freight story. Ah, there you go. Let's do it. <laughs> we already have a name. <laughs> All right, I'll go. Um, so. Having just set it up uh, and having no PLA because for some reason the shipment was delayed, uh, I'm going to go with my TiVo Tornado 3D printer uh, that I have no idea how well it works, but it looks cool and it's pretty and it, I can make the motors move. So <laughs> I have no idea how to print anything yet, but I've got it pretty much set up so when I have PLA that it should should print. And I know that there's a steep learning curve to 3D print. Um, cool. Zach, what you got? All right. I think I've probably used this one before. Um, it is the digital high-speed buffer from uh, Jet. It's pretty unbelievable. Um, I don't know. Do you, did you get a buffer yet, Will? I know you got like that one little side deal on your thing. Uh, yeah. Um, so it does have a buffer on the one side. It's not, it's not variable speed, though. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's one of those – it's another one of those tools that you don't really – realize how useful it is until you have them especially for like 
knife making, but um, just any, you know, just polishing anything, even like wood, like the scales for my knife stuff. It's crazy, but removing the burr, like sharpening anything. So this is what's crazy. Uh, you know, for instance, I have like a, for my leather work, I have a, what's called a Japanese skiving knife. And it is probably the sharpest thing I've ever owned. It's just crazy. And I, I used it so much that it got, it had gotten dull and I was kind of reluctant to, to put it back to the stones or anything because it's just, it's just so perfect and sharp. I was just, I don't want to mess up the angle or anything. And, uh, so I went out there in my high speed buffer and just, just, uh, you know, ran it on there for a few seconds and it's just like brand new. So I, I mean, most, I guess most of the times with, you know, knives, if they're made out of good, good steel, it's not that they're necessarily need to be resharpened, be kind of honed in the high speed buffer. Yeah. Have you tried any of those cardboard wheels? Nope. Oh, I've heard cool things about them for sharpening or for like getting, you know, a razor's edge, but I've never yeah. tried it. Like you run them backwards, I guess. Huh. So I've went through like a kind of a evolution of sharpening the, um, every batch of knives that I've done, I've kind of picked up a landscape sharpening system, which works great, but it takes forever. And it, that's, you know, one of the systems it holds the knife at a certain distance, have these file guides and you get a perfect yeah. angle, but it takes so long. Uh, so I went from that initially, and then I went to doing it on uh, those DMT stones, which is much faster. Uh, but as I, you know, ground the flesh off of my thumbs, sharpening, and it takes a while. And I finally figured out how to do it. The last batch of knives that I did, I did them all on on the uh, belt grinder, which saves so much time. But that that was interesting because I couldn't get it at first. But you, just like you're saying, you actually do it backwards so it's what i'd say edge trailing maybe I call it uh sure you're drawing out the steel to the edge exactly because i feel like you can't get you know and sharpening anything it's super important to get a burr mm-hmm. all the way across if you don't get that burr then it's not going to be sharp and uh i feel like you can't do that or at least i wasn't able to do that with uh on the belt grinder was trying to grind it with the edge towards movement yeah. so yeah uh, what but yeah i was able to do it and it, i mean it seriously takes a minute to sharpen a blade instead of on the on the landski it was taking me an hour to put an edge on the blades to... what grit are you finishing your sharpening at on the belt oh, you know i don't want anybody to like trust my system because i don't have one yet um one of the things i've i've personally found i'm trying to find the equivalency because i use an x65 belt micron uh where was i going <laughs> the grit of, sh- of sharpening of finish that's what I'm looking up. So, okay. um, what is it? I guess X65 is about 220 grit is what oh, I'm okay. it on. And then when I go to the buffer, it I'm sure it polishes a bit. And that's I actually remove the burr on the buffer. A lot of people use leather belts to belt grinders. as a, a strop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't have any experience with that. But what I'm doing is pretty sharp. Um, yeah. I remember cool. What I was gonna say. Sweet. Well, I think that about does it for this show. And uh, I want to say a huge thank you for all of you who joined us in the live chat. We do like hanging out with you and getting your questions answered. If you would like to join us, you can do that each week, usually Thursday at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern time. But next week we will be here Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. So stay tuned for that. Uh, I think that about does it. So until next time, have a wonderful day. See you later. Yes. Thanks again for listening to The Creators Collective. We publish weekly on Thursdays in iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can follow us on social media pages everywhere at Creators Collective. 
We're also live streaming every week on Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Just look up the YouTube channel to join in on the fun of the live chat and get your questions answered live. And until next time, keep on creating.